the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. We are live at 6.04 here on a Wednesday night, and uh, welcome to the Arthur Idala Power Hour. My name is Arthur Idala. Uh, I got Alex Garrett mixing things up Good behind evening, the turntable. How are you? What's up, Alex? I see you got some great music uh, teed up for me today. I see I see a little Pink Floyd. I see... Uh, Why not? T- today was Mick Taylor's uh, birthday, the former guitarist for the Stones. I know we got some Guns N' Roses coming up. So uh, I want to thank you for uh, some great musical selections. I encourage folks who um, groove on the whole music thing, who use the Spotify app. Sam Bellino put up the Idola Power Hour Spotify list. There's like a lot of songs. I don't even know how many. There's hundreds of songs on there. Basically rooted in the 1980s. Some of them go into the 60s, 70s. Some of them go in the 90s, but it's real good. Um, thank the good Lord, you know, that, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I just say, ah, oh, thank God for Joan. <laughs> Joan is here. Hello, Joan. Say hello. Oh, my God. You brown don't, nose. Don't act, like, don't act like you don't love it, Joan. Your hair is going to start growing. Yeah. Here we, go. The praise. Here, yeah we go. here we go. Here we go. All right. You're going to have my mother singing that song. Uh, I thought she already did. She, little bit. I thought she wrote it. A little bit. Um, <laughs> I want to wish uh, a very happy birthday to um, Curtis Lee's best friend, Michelle Obama. She's uh, 60 years old today. Um, so it was a big court day, uh, not only for me, but for the city. Um, I was in Supreme Court on an attempted murder case. A little bit of an interesting one. Some twists and turns, actually. Going to be very candid. The client is inside right now, meeting with Mr. Jacarino, my partner. Um, Judge Cammons, our partner, uh, is working on the Daniel Penny case. <clears throat> that is the um, young man accused of manslaughter, charged, I should say, by a grand jury of manslaughter on the subway when the deceased was running up and down the subway car, screaming and yelling, saying, I'm ready to kill people and I'm ready to die for it. And Daniel Penny put him in a chokehold. Daniel Penny's a Marine, and uh, that chokehold, during the administration of that chokehold, uh, the deceased died. And um, the uh, defense, led by um, Tom Kniff, put in a and his partner Steve Stephen. Uh, they put in a pretty heavy motion to have the case, those charges dismissed, or have some of the charges dismissed, like the most serious one, which is the manslaughter one, 
which um, was denied today, basically, by the judge. The judge said, no, I think there was enough evidence in the grand jury to uh, sustain these charges. Now, if this judge had the chutzpah uh, to dismiss the charges, boy, oh, boy, that would have that would have been a thing uh, in the city. I don't know how much of a thing, but certain people would have been very, very upset that the judge um, did not uh, uphold the grand jury's decision on these charges. I will tell you this. My, my dad, I was involved in the case a little bit, but it was my father, Mario Romano, and John Esposito. They were involved in a murder case. And from the moment the charges were handed down by the grand jury, my father said, there's, I don't think there's going to be enough evidence here. And eventually when the grand jury, to sustain what the grand jurors, now the grand jurors just have to find basically to keep it in easy terms, like 51% that it happened and 49 that it didn't. They're not, it's not proof beyond a reasonable doubt. So it's like more likely than not that this took place. That's enough for an indictment. And so it's a very low bar. And my dad's like, I don't think this is going to happen. I don't, I don't think the grand jury is going to come back. I don't think there's going to be enough evidence there, even though the subject matter was very emotional. It was sad. It was the, the, the death was of a very, was it of an infant? Uh, and then the grand jury minutes were released and they read the grand jury minutes. So initially you asked the judge to read the grand jury. This is the way it used to be. You asked the judge to read the grand jury minutes and see whether this is enough there. And that was denied. Then you actually, defense attorney, gets the grand jury minutes. Then you can make a supplemental motion saying, look, we read, you know, you read the grand jury minutes and you said there's enough evidence there to go forward with the case. That means that's an indictment. It means you're down charged with a felony. Then the defense attorneys read the grand jury minutes and you're allowed to uh, uh, basically put in a, another motion saying, well, judge, look, we just dissected all the minutes and there's just not enough there. Well, in this particular homicide case, I think my father put in four, put in the motion four times. Mr. Esposito and Mr. Romano, who were my good friends, were calling me privately and saying, Arthur, you know, I think your Padre Lou's losing it. Like he keeps asking us to put in these motions. They keep getting denied, but he keeps putting in motions to re-argue, motions to re-argue. Well, bottom line is the case goes to trial only in front of a judge, not in front of a jury. She does not get convicted of the top count. She gets convicted of a lesser included count. The judge keeps her out bail pending appeal. And the appellate court threw the whole case out saying there wasn't enough evidence to charge her at all. So um, just because you lose this battle does not necessarily mean you lose the war. I will tell you, I'm going to brag a little bit. Judge Kamins uh, wrote a part of the motion having to do with suppression of certain evidence that was recovered from Daniel Penny, the defendant in this subway choking death case. And the judge has still not ruled on that part. So... We're still hanging in the balance on whether uh, certain evidence that was recovered will be able to be admissible in the court of law because there's some questions about whether that evidence was recovered properly. So, um, you know, it's a case that's closely watched, especially um, especially how th- things are going on in the subways. You know, 
you guys always hear me bragging about you know New York, and I love New York. You know, but I, you know, I'm, I'm my head's not buried in the sand. We're gonna have Councilman Borelli on in the next segment. He's the minority leader of the city council. He's the head of the Republican Party in the city council. Like I know their big issues. So Alex, who works here in the office, he's sitting on the subway one day last week. Uh, it was actually on the weekend, and um, he's got his ear pods in, and, and some guy comes on yelling and screaming, and Alex sits there, and he ignores him. And there's other people on the train. It's not 3 in the morning. It's 5 in the afternoon on a Saturday. <clears throat> and this guy just comes over and punches Alex right in the face, hits his eyeglasses. His eyeglasses go into his corner of his face. He needed a stitch. Not cool, man. You know, not cool. Um, horrible, actually. And I think I mentioned Lino and I were on the train last week coming back from uh, court, and this guy was big dude, man. I mean, he would have cracked me and Lino in half like a twigs. And he's screaming and yelling about Jewish people and Muslims and how the whites are spoiled and, you know, a very intimidating language. I mean, we got up and moved. Um, people, what's going to come out if this case goes to trial, the Daniel Penny case, people on that train, that exact car, looked at Daniel Penny as a hero. They were scared to wits about this, the deceased. Look, it's horrible that he's dead. Okay? Nobody, the guy shouldn't be dead. Period. Amen. But Daniel Petty didn't get on, you know, that train saying, oh, let me go kill somebody today. So this is a, a hot button issue for the city of New York. Um, we don't have the resources to have a cop on every train. I wish we did. Right? Wouldn't I imagine how cool that would be? And I'm hopeful that with technology, there could be a camera in every car on every train that the conductor sees and that there could be a cop on almost every station, meaning platform. And when I, when a conductor sees a guy like I saw screaming and yelling at me or the guy who punches Alex uh, or the guy who was harassing the other uh, riders in the penny thing and, and, you know, taking off his jacket and flinging him around and being very aggressive, that... As the train pulls into the station, there's a cop right there waiting on car number three to, you know, take control. Um, the, the technology is clearly there for that. You know what's not probably is the money. But we're going to talk coming up next to Councilman Borelli, and we're going to hear how uh, the city budget is doing. And, um, and then after that, we're going to talk to, so we're going to go from talking about New York and Staten Island to uh, talking about the Middle East and Israel and Gaza and Yemen and Iran. So uh, as we listen to the Rolling Stones at uh, 613, don't go away. This is the author, Idola Power. I will be right back. Shopify helped businesses break sales records over the holidays with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick! Sorry, kids! Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? 
Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Hi, it's Arthur Idala here to talk to you about Bay Ridge Honda, run by the fantastic Sabah family. The Sabah family that I have known since my dad walked in there in 1980 and bought a Honda Accord for my grandfather. My sister's gotten cars there. My brother-in-law's gotten cars there. And you know why? Because the Sabah family makes you feel like you're part of their family. Bay Ridge Honda has New Year's deals. You know, we all make New Year's resolutions. Quit smoking, get more sleep, drink less. How about a New Year's resolution of a new car? At Bay Ridge Honda, they have brand new 2024 Hondas under MSRP, and they're offering lease loyalty bonuses. Finance rates are available. No payments until March of 2024. Best prices around. They will offer you top dollar for your trade-in. So visit the Sabah family at Bay Ridge Honda, 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. New year, new us. Let's start fresh, starting with our home. They do say your environment affects your mindset. And Ashley's New Year sale is just the thing to kickstart that makeover. I'm in, as long as kickstart involves kicking back in a new recliner. I think we can make that work. Don't miss Ashley's New Year's sale going on now. Give your home a new look for the new year and save big with up to $1,000 off or get no interest until 2031. That's seven years with no interest. Hurry into your local Ashley today. Feels good to be home. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger. Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's talk about Connors and Sullivan. We all know that planning for the future is important. Are you and your family protected? If you're not around to make the decisions, who will? Are your assets protected from probate and nursing home costs? The time to plan is now. Correct. On my birthday, on your birthday, the soon as possible, that's the way to go. You may need a will, a trust, a power of attorney, a health care proxy, a living will, an estate plan. The goal of Connors and Sullivan attorneys is always the protection of your rights and interests. They've been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 40 years. So visit them for a free, no obligation consultation. Call Connors and Sullivan today to schedule a free in-person initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. And remember what Mike Connor says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Listen to AM 970, The Answer, on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. You're a pretty queen of New York City When, when the band's finished playing They hold up the mall Sinatra was swinging All the drums they were singing We kissed on the corner um, Alright, Alex Garrett I mean, I love this song well, our next guest loved it too In fact, he really mourned the loss of Shane McGowan Am I right, uh, Councilman Borelli? I did, I did. I, I love that song. I love the way it was played at the, uh, the funeral for him. Uh, it really is, uh, it really is one of those fantastic songs that is more, is about New York, but not as popular as it is here as it is elsewhere, which makes it interesting. 
Yeah, like Ireland. Uh, we are talking to the great councilman, Joe Borelli. He is no stranger to the airwaves of AM 970, The Answer. He often fills in as a host here on our airwaves. But uh, he's not here in his capacity of the host of a radio station. He's here in his capacity as the host of uh, all of us here in the city of New York. He's a big shot in uh, the city council. He's a bigger shot on the rock, the island of Staten. Uh, Frank from Staten Island uh, apparently beats him on a regular basis in ping pong. Uh, eh, debatable, debatable. Well, I'm, look, I only know what I hear at 2 o'clock in the morning. You know, I, that's all I can tell you. But uh, Councilman Borelli, um, there's a lot of budget talks. There's billions of dollars being thrown around between Governor Hochul and, and Mayor Adams. Let's talk about where we are with money in the city of New York. Well, some good news and bad news. The bad news is the migrant crisis is still costing us an astronomical amount of money, even though some of those uh, estimates have changed. The good news is that uh, instead of facing some recessional headwinds, uh, most economists, including the ones that forecast the city's tax revenue, uh, actually believe now that we'll have you know a soft landing sort of in the in the national economy, but also a soft landing in terms of uh, how much revenue we will see in, in a shortfall uh, in the next fiscal year. So that's good news uh, for Eric Adams. Uh, in fact, uh, I would I would venture to say it was good of him to do some of these peg cuts to some of these agencies. He's restoring the ones that were scheduled to go forward. Uh, but the fact that we did some already uh, in the midway through the current fiscal year, I think, uh, was prudent and probably put us in the position now that we're in where we can restore some of the cuts. Uh, the governor, uh, she also added uh, she, her number for migrants went from $1.8 billion to $2.4 uh, for the city. So that was some unexpected uh, manna from heaven for the mayor. So, you know, I don't think this year is going to be as controversial as people uh, originally thought uh, going into the last few weeks. Uh, and it is partially, uh, it, it's both to blame the mayor because of the migrant crisis in general. You know, he's, you know, you, you can't not blame the guy who stood out there smiling when the migrants came in off the bus. Uh, but it also uh, is uh, as a result of Eric Adams because he did make some smarter choices than our last mayor, Bill de Blasio, did when it came to reining in some spending. Well, I got to. Councilman Borelli, I'm, I'm complimenting you, not because you're a friend and a guest of the show, uh, but there are other people who uh, are, are much more partisan in their answers and would figure out a way to look at and make the same analysis that you made and make it all negative. And uh, you, you gave a very balanced uh, answer. And for that, I, I, I appreciate it very much. I wish more people on both sides of the aisle, to be clear, um, were as open-minded and as, uh, you know, measured in their, their answers and their approach as you just were. Um, well, when it comes to the city budget, the law says we have to be balanced. So I guess uh, we ah, have there to you go. our answers as well. But give I'm, me, a, give me as, as a Bay Ridge boy who looks at the Verrazano Bridge literally every morning out my window, give me a little State of the Union on the, uh, of the island of Staten. How's Staten Island doing? Uh, Staten Island is probably uh, more than anywhere else uh, under the, the bullseye for congestion pricing. I mean, we are the only borough where you need to pay a toll to get off it. Uh, and as a result, uh, Staten Islanders will have to pay twice if they want to commute to work or to, to Broadway or whatever they want to do in Manhattan. Uh, that's the biggest issue affecting us uh, as a borough right now. I mean, other boroughs have some different challenges, but ours is affordability. And the city is just going to make it so uh, almost untenable uh, for us to drive uh, to work. 
And remember, Staten Island is basically a transit desert. We don't have a subway. So more or rather a higher percentage of Staten Islanders require their cars to get to and from Brooklyn or Manhattan, et cetera. So congestion pricing is, is, is one major drawback uh, coming for us. And, and this is where I wish Mayor Adams was actually more vocal. You know, the people that are going to vote for him for re-election are outer borough uh, Democrats mostly. And a lot of them live in transit deserts. And I think he would be well served if friends like you, uh, Arthur, would, would chime in his ear like I do and say, you really got to come out hard against congestion pricing. These are your people. The people that were going to support you, they don't want congestion pricing. Or at the very least, um, I mean, look, there's got to with this congestion pricing, there's got to be carve outs all over the place. Um, I mean, you know, like uh, my my in-laws live, you know, like right on the border of where the the pay zone is. So what if my brother-in-law pulls his car out, goes three blocks to pick up something from Home Depot and th- pulls back again, he's got to pay 15 bucks. I mean, there's I don't, they got to they got to figure this thing out. But um I would really like uh to hear Councilman Borelli some some good news. I would like you to be a little bit of a Staten Island cheerleader and and tell the folks who aren't uh, acquainted with how great the borough of Staten Island is some great things that are happening in Staten Island and that you, that you could take credit for. Well, we still are the safest borough uh, of anywhere else in New York City. Uh, there are fewer crimes in my precinct, the 123rd, in a year than there are in some precincts uh, in a week or a month or two weeks, however you want to phrase it, depending on the crime. Um, that has withstood uh, the test of this latest spike in crime where, yeah, sure, uh, you know, car jacks have gone up and catalytic, catalytic converters have been stolen um, and, and we're part of the trend, but not anywhere near the amount of crime increase that we've seen uh, elsewhere in, in the city. So that's a good thing. We also have one of the highest uh, per capita income. So people on Staten Island are actually working pretty hard. The unemployment rate is actually lower than, than elsewhere in New York City. So Staten Island is, is still a pretty good place to, to be, a, you know, a, a resident uh, and to raise a family. Best schools, best schools in the city, bar none, are on the south shore of Staten Island. So we do have a lot going for us, um, and, and, you know, we're represented by some great people. And uh, I, I do notice in terms of bringing people together that on the island of Staten, a Jewish man and a Muslim man uh, are going to be joining forces in a business called The Flowery, which is the first licensed marijuana slash cannabis slash pot slash, as my friend Geraldo Rivera says, dope shop uh, on Staten Island. So does Staten Island have the issue that I can tell you for sure Bay Ridge, Brooklyn has, that it is littered with these uh, marijuana shops all over the place, illegal ones? Yeah, and, and we've been working with the, the sheriff uh, to try to uh, get rid of most of them. Uh, the mayor right now is seeking a change in state law, correctly, by the way. This is, this is becoming a praiseworthy Eric Adams hit for me. Um, but, but he's correctly trying to seek a state law so that the NYPD has the authority to go into some of these uh, illegal dispensaries. But you mentioned the flowery. It's, it's you know literally two doors down from my office. Uh, I know uh, Muhammad is one of the owners, really nice guy. I'm not someone who was a big marijuana advocate by any stretch, uh, but, you know, it's a legal business now, and I wish them well, and uh, I'm sure I'll have to come by and try some of the uh, free samples they're going to give out. Actually, they can't give out free samples. It's against the law. So let's be There you go. All right, so Councilman Borelli, before I let you go, you know, you are the minority leader of the city council, and I can, I can tell you this. My dad brought me to the city council. I can, it had to be 
before 1982, because that's when he lost the election. And he said, you know, I was 12, I think, at the 13. He goes, Arthur, we're going to go meet the minority leader of the city council. And I'm expecting some African-American man or woman. <laughs> and he introduced me to Angelo Arculio, who was the Republican from Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Uh, so the, the term minority means the fact that the Republicans are not in the majority of the city council. Um, you know, Eric Adams seems to, uh, if I'm going to be blunt about it, seems to agree with you and your caucus, or you guys agree to seem to agree with him more than he seems to agree with uh, a lot of people in the Democratic Party of the city council. What does the head of, uh, of the Republicans of the city council have to say about a Democratic mayor having more ideas in common with them than with the Democrats? Look, we welcome it. I mean, we came from last year where we had a mayor where we disagreed fundamentally with just about every single thing he did. Um, this mayor, we only disagree with most of the things he does. You know, and I'm being facetious. But a great example of where we cooperate is on this police bill where uh, police officers now are going to be required to basically document every single uh, stop and, and, and Q&A session they have with the public. And uh, we're trying to get the, veto, uh, get the mayor to veto the bill. But he's not going to do that, nor should he, unless we can produce uh, about 15 votes uh, against the override. So this is one of those instances where, you know, the, the minds are, are met and we're on the same team on this particular issue. And, and we, we have to come together and try to beat back this anti-police bill. So it, it's good in the sense that um, we're able to have a, we have a big enough caucus now between the six Republicans uh, and three Democrats who caucus with us, which may grow by tomorrow. Stay tuned. Um, but we have a big enough caucus where now we could be influential, and when the mayor wants to veto something, uh, we can actually provide some of the, the balance that he needs. Well, what is that stay tuned all about? First of all, who are you, Pre Parara? That's what he used to say. But uh, what, what does that mean? What, are you going to have more people, you have people swip, switching parties? Is that what we're talking about here? Well, the, uh, the speaker is giving out her committee assignments, and there's going to be some unhappy campers tomorrow. So we'll see uh, if we, we, get, we get to pick out any, any number of those people. Last question. Um, people, a lot of people making a big deal about the mayor's approval rating being at 28%. Uh, you think that number, I mean, you, you literally, Joe Borelli, I mean, you, you've, you're not a rookie. Actually, you're far from a rookie or a veteran, uh, to the point where you're almost term limited. You, you, you have your fingers on the pulse of what's going on from crime to the budget to the people of the outer boroughs to, you know, when you're in city hall right in the middle of the city, you know, is 28%, is that, are they, is, Think that poll is that a little too harsh on on Eric Adams, or you think it's right on? No, I think it's probably accurate, uh, and I think uh, it should cause some con concern for him. And I think he needs to do something drastic in order to win back uh, some people that that he might have lost. And, and like I said, I gave you one example: congestion pricing. You come out there hard uh, uh, for exemptions uh, and you know carve outs for people who live in transit deserts. These are people that live in the outer outer boroughs. I mean, these are people that are natural Adams allies. But he should be concerned. Uh, he is on the ballot right now in about 18 months' time. He should be concerned that it's, an, it's a ranked choice uh, system like he had to win last time. Uh, and the more progressives that, that run actually add up to potentially more than the votes he can get. So he's, he's, he could very well lose uh, more as a result of ranked choice voting than anything else. Well, that guy in, in Staten Island, the guy who's friends with you, who twirls his hair, he's all about ranked choice voting. That's a, he's he's the, the champion of ranked choice voting. You think that's a, a wrong way to go for the electorates, the electors? 
Yeah, I mean, you, you know, we, we love our twirly-haired friend, but sometimes he has, uh, uh, I, I think, a little bit too optimistic view of, of some good government causes. Uh, and in this case, it, it, the net result is that the left is going to leverage uh, their ability to, to run multiple candidates uh, to, to potentially beat back the mayor, who's a moderate. All right, there you have it, right? That's what I love about doing this show when you get guests like uh, Councilman Joe Borelli on the line because, you know, you're not guessing, you're not reading about something in a newspaper, you're hearing it from the man who lives it and breathes it, despite the fact that he's an outstanding father and an even better husband. I mean, I see you with your, your family, and yeah, thank you. You, make, you make all of us look bad there, Councilman Borelli, so God bless you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks for finding the time. All right, folks. I am, uh, I'm going to take a uh, quick break and I'm going to come back. We're going to go from talking about Staten Island and congestion pricing to what's going on in the Middle East with uh, a uh, retired United States colonel. Don't go anywhere. Wellness Wednesday with your favorite Fox News medical all-stars and other experts on how to keep you well. That's tonight at 7 on AM 970, The Answer. Starting is the most important thing. So buy a Peloton bike or Bike Plus today and get two months free Peloton membership. Starting made easy with thousands of classes to choose from. My name is Cody Rigsby. Welcome to your low-impact rides. Taught by instructors that take the guesswork out of working out. I'm here for you every step of the way. And Peloton Entertainment, so you can watch your favorite shows and live sports as you ride. Shop our limited time offers at onepeloton.com slash deals. Terms apply. Dr. Sebastian Gorka here, inviting you to follow me on a cruise to Alaska this 4th of July weekend. It will be the adventure of a lifetime. Reserve your cabin today. Call 855-565-5519 or patriotsalaskacruise.com. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. When you're looking for concrete materials for your next construction project, call on the experts of Diamondback Ready Mix, New York and New Jersey's number one premier family-owned concrete supplier, proudly located on Staten Island, providing concrete services for commercial, municipal, and residential general contractors throughout New York City and New Jersey. The Diamondback Ready Mix Quality is Our Strength service will guide each customer from the initial order through the final pouring, fully insured in New York and New Jersey, and will produce your concrete with the perfect blend of durability, strength, and appearance for your project. Take it from Arthur Idala. Call today and ask for Harry Lynch for personalized service second to none. Call 718-650-5649 for your free estimate. That's 718-650-5649. Or go online to Diamondback Ready Mix. That's R-E-D-I-M-I-X dot com. Diamondback Ready Mix is the Defazio Industries company. My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna & Kamins, the preeminent New York litigation law firm. Have you been injured in a construction site accident? Have you fallen from a scaffold, ladder, or height while on the work site? If the answer is yes, then you may be entitled to significant monetary compensation for your injuries. In most cases, the law in New York favors you as the plaintiff if injured in a fall while working on someone else's property. It is important 
important you speak to an attorney right away to make sure your rights are protected. Myself and our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you deserve. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call Idala Bertuna and Cammons at 212-486-0011, 212-486-0011, or visit us at idalalaw.com. Idala, Bertuna, and Cammons, fighting for justice, fighting for you. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. It's a new year and time for new resolutions. I'm sure you've already made yours going to the gym, spending more time with family. You know how it goes. But is there someone in your life that should really make a resolution for an upgrade to a new career? Why not tell them about court reporting? It's a career with tremendous opportunity and flexibility. They can work in courts. They can work in schools. They can even work from home. They work as much or as little as they want, and their earning potential is fantastic. The National Court Reporters Association says there are 5,000 openings for court reporters and not enough reporters to fill them. The NCRA is offering this free program called A to Z where participants are introduced to stenography and court reporting and sessions are being hosted right here in New York City. Plaza College in Forest Hills, Queens is the only school in the city with a court reporting program. So sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plaza, P-L-A-Z-A, college.edu. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. All right. Well, not only did we get over the hump of the week, we got over the hump of the show. So, um, now my understanding is we're playing Guns N' Roses because our next guest is a, uh, a fan of that band. And that's our, well, that's what our research says. Uh, Colonel Bocino, is, is that accurate? Are you a Guns N' Roses guy? I don't know how you knew that. I don't know who told you that. I saw them live six times. In fact, the first time I saw them live was 89, right after Appetite came out. And then I took Samantha DiCarlo to Madison Square Garden in 91 when Use Your Illusion came out. So, yes, All I'm right. a fan of Guns N' Roses. So, um, just to give I don't know folks... where Samantha DiCarlo is these days, but, uh, you know. So, just to give school. folks a, uh, was it high school in 91? I don't think so, sir, was it? I'm trying to do the math here. I know you served our nation for 27 years, retiring as a United States colonel in the Army. Uh, and uh, so, I don't know, were you in high school in 1991? I was a senior in 91, yeah. I graduated in okay. 92, yep. Oh, all right, okay. I graduated law school and you graduated high school. All right, I won't listen. Yep. I did I did 50 push-ups this morning, so I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> uh, I'm, sure you could do, I'm sure you could do that on one hand. So, um, Not anymore, not anymore. I'm retired. So, so, Colonel Pacino, here's the deal. Um, on this show every night, I, I'm very, like, New York City-centric, and I'm very yeah. focused on, you know, the, the, the local issues that affect um, 
the, the, the folks who are in their car right now or at home making some yeah. chicken cutlets for the kids. But obviously what's going on in the Middle East affects all of us, um, mm-hmm. from my Jewish friends and brothers and sisters here, to uh, prices of, of goods since now uh, our shipping channels have been interrupted. So I'm going to ask you if, if it's okay to, you know, pretend you're giving maybe a lecture to a 7th, 8th, or ninth grade class, because that's basically where my intellectual uh, function ends and uh you know give us a little update a state of the union of what's going on in that part of the world well think about it this way say that there was a motorcycle gang that shut down i-95 on the east coast of the united states okay all of the packages everything that comes in and out on trucks in that part of the country would have to find another way around Okay, that would drive up gas, it would drive up tolls, it would drive up time, it would drive up the costs for all of us. That's what's happening in the Red Sea. That's why we should all be concerned about this. So there's a group. It's basically a motorcycle gang. They're called the Houthis. They have nothing. They have no money. They're in Yemen, one of the poorest countries in the world. What they do have is the backing of Iran. So Iran has sent been for, for years, years and years, coming up on a decade, Iran has been sending them rockets, missiles, drones, high-tech drones, high-tech stuff here. And, you know, they've been in a civil war in that country. But let's forget that for a second. They're firing this stuff at commercial ships in the Red Sea. And as a result, you know, they're stopping all traffic. So the commercial shipping companies... They're going all the way around Africa. That adds seven days to the trip. Okay, that's that's a critical, what they're stopping there in the Red Sea, you know, the Suez Canal, the Gulf of Aden, That those are critical commercial notes. Those are like highways. It's like I-95 and you're stopping it. So those ships have to go all the way around Africa, the Cape of Good Hope. So, Gert, wait, Colonel, let me just let me just interrupt you one second. Just give yeah. listeners like an idea of what kind of products those ships may be carrying. What, what do you What do you order on Amazon? What do you okay. get? What do you get that requires other parts? So you're talking about uh, you know here today. I'm in Wichita, Kansas, working with uh, an airline company. Okay, they get a lot of their parts are stopped up. You know, things that are parts from overseas, things that, you know, technology, your, your laptops, your Apple watches, things like that coming from overseas, all that stuff is stopped up. Holiday gifts, things like that, birthday gifts, you know, just about anything that requires something to come from overseas requires a ship that goes through the Gulf of Aden. 10,000 ships a year. You're also talking about, uh, you know, 10% of global trade. You're also talking about about a third of the world's oil. All this stuff comes through here. So it's it's important. It's a critical highway. And these these and, ships, these these ships, these uh, the shipping yeah. ships, the, the good guys, do they have mm-hmm. any kind of defense mechanisms on the ships? I mean, there was that one movie with Tom Hanks where the pirates board the ship. I forget what yeah. it was. But, you know, they were using, like, uh, water cannons, but it didn't seem like they had much more than that. Do any of these ships either in the past have had some any types of defense, or now are they hiring people to come on with, you know, legitimate weaponry to, to defend themselves? Yeah, what you're talking about with the Tom Hanks movie is piracy. 
you know, Somali pirates, pirates that, that board the ship. That's about all they've got. They, they hire local security, but they don't have anything that could knock down a drone. They don't have anything that could knock a rocket out of the sky. They don't have that stuff. Okay. So, you know, what we've done so far, you know, and just to, just to back up here, all this started uh, shortly after the war between Hamas and Israel. Okay. And so you've got, you know, you've got the war there in, in Gaza. Okay. The war continues to rage in Gaza. You've got this stuff happening in the Red Sea. You've got a group in Lebanon. So Lebanon is to Israel's north. You know, they're firing rockets into Israel. You've got these other militia groups, these tag groups in Iraq and Syria. They're firing at our soldiers in Iraq and Syria. And at the, the heart of all this, you know, the heart of all this is Iran. So Iran is funding all these groups, in some ways directing all these groups, and they're causing all this chaos, which is what Iran wants. What's happening here is that the United States and, to a lesser extent, the United Kingdom and Israel are in a low-grade war with Iran in the Middle East. Just it's the kind of war that Iran wants because they don't have to fight it. They've subcontracted the fighting off to these nobodies. I'm not being a wise guy. Is that that like a military term, a low-grade war? I've never heard it before, but it sounds pretty accurate. I came up with it. I came up with it. I've been saying this for six weeks. Okay. Um, you know, you think of, of uh, it's not a shooting war, right? It's not, we don't have, it's not tank on tank. Um, but what do you call it? They're firing rockets at us and we're bombing them. I, I don't know. That's a war. It's a low-grade war. Um, you know, we're not digging trenches like World War I and firing at them. But, you know, nobody in the administration, in the Biden administration, is recognizing this as a war. Tell me, tell, me, tell me what else it is. You know, oh, I, I hear you. It makes sense. That's, that's why I, I picked up on it. So, you know, you think about it, what have we done? Not a hell of a lot. You know, we haven't done much. We've, every once in a while, we hit these motorcycle gangs, and that's, you know, that's not going to stop anything. Or, Iran is, has so much cash right now. Iran is flush with cash. They're going to keep sending more rockets. They're going to keep sending more drones. They're going to keep sending more people because they don't care about these people. They don't care about these groups, these, these militia groups. And, you know, you hit some empty buildings. You hit their drone facilities. They don't really care. So that, that's really the, the state of play right now. It's not a good situation. Okay, now let's just switch over to... To Israel and Gaza yeah. and hostages, you know, I mean, I know we yeah. were all relieved when a certain group of hostages came out and then another yeah. group dribbled out. Uh, you do, uh, and then this past weekend, I saw this heart-wrenching thing where they, uh, they took these huge cranes and they put tremendous speakers, like Guns N' Roses type of speakers at Madison Square mm-hmm. Garden, and the family members were speak- speaking, screaming to uh, the, the people who were held hostage, you know, I'm here for you, don't give up, and we're here. Um, do you have any idea, Colonel uh, Joseph Pacino, uh, Pacino, what we're we're looking at there? Is there any relief in sight? I know Qatar is involved. Is there anything we can 
hope for that that some relief? Well, Hamas has an interest in keeping these hostages alive because that's the only way they can get to another temporary truce. That's the only way they can get to another three or four or five day truce. The problem becomes after a while, it's hard to keep them alive. It's it, this was always the problem. I, I, I thought I think that from the start, Hamas never intended to take this many hostages because it there's a cost associated with keeping that many hostages and keeping them alive and bringing in food and bringing out waste. And it is a war zone and it is devastated and there's rockets everywhere and people are dying. So I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't I don't know the situation. I think that some of them are alive. I, I just feel like maintaining that many hostages is, is is right now too much for Hamas, given that Hamas is devastated. Hamas is decimated. All the leadership went down south. Um, you know, just staying in the fight is, is hard enough. So I, I just think it's, uh, do, do it's they, been so long. Do they care? Does it matter that Hamas, if just all these hostages die, just whether they starve to death or die of dehydration? Is it, does it change the, the calculus for them at all? It doesn't. It just it, it's for them. It was always a bargaining chip. That's why they. That's why they brought them back. That's why they brought them back over the border. It was always a bargaining chip. They don't care about life. They don't care about their own people. They don't care about the people. They don't care about Palestine. They don't care about the Palestinians. They don't care about the Gazans. So, in terms of of the, the life or death of the hostages, no, they they don't care. They don't care about babies. They don't care about children. All right. So I have I have one minute left, uh, Colonel, and. Yeah. I mean, here's everyone's fear. Everyone's fear is that this this war now is going to just keep expanding and it gets growing. You know, it, it was in one part of the world and now it's moving to another part of the world. Is that mm -hmm. how you're seeing things happening? And, you know, and then who knows what we get sucked into with Iran and and or, or are we going to figure out a way to contain this? Uh, my my fear is that something happens. That's going to be catastrophic. God forbid one of these rocket attacks in Iraq or Syria kills a dozen American soldiers. God forbid something like that happens. There would be such an outcry on the Biden administration to go so big into Iran that then we would be sucked into a force on force war with Iran. Whereas, you know, that, that, that's my that's my fear. Whereas if we struck Iran, you know, that we can strike inside Iran right now that don't have any people or, you know, their oil facilities, their naval sites. We could strike that stuff right now and I think really send a message to back around down. I'd be worried that something catastrophic happens and Iran accidentally trips over a red line and that drags us into something really that we don't want. It's a tenuous situation right now. Okay. Well, um, I got to tell you, it's scary uh, especially yeah. being here in New York City and with my Jewish friends all around me uh, and and the anti-Semitism that's risen up around here is beyond disgusting. Uh, and I just have my fingers crossed that uh, somehow or another we figure this all out. I want to thank you so much, uh, Colonel. For a boy from Queens, you're doing real good. You're keeping us proud. <laughs> 
That's right. And just uh, thanks so much for having me, and I want to thank all your listeners for listening. All right. You'll be back again, Colonel. Thanks so much. Please. Uh, All right, right, folks. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with the last segment. Don't go anywhere. At Kroger, shopping with pickup and delivery is the same as shopping in-store. Same low prices, deals, and rewards on the same high-quality items. It's one small click for groceries, one big win for busy families everywhere. Start your cart today at Kroger.com. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And right now, you can save when you shop your faves. Just buy six or more participating sale items and save 50 cents each with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is Joe Piscopo. The following is a medical minute sponsored by my friends at InfuCare RX, a leading specialty infusion pharmacy provider for patients with complex conditions. InfuCareRx.com. Here is Dr. Tina Zeka, Allergy and Asthma Associates of Monmouth County, with this week's medical minute. Symptoms of primary immunodeficiency can vary by individuals. But typically, a history is obtained where an individual has recurrent infections, such as recurrent sinus infections, respiratory infections, pneumonia, failure to thrive, chronic diarrhea, and autoimmunity. Primary immunodeficiency can be more common in males than females, but since most cases are genetically linked, children less than the age of one are most commonly affected. This Medical Minute is sponsored by InfuCareRx, and the information, comments, or views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of InfuCareRx. Please consult your medical professional for any medical questions, opinions, or guidance. Hi, it's Arthur Idala here to talk to you about Bay Ridge Honda, run by the fantastic Sabah family. The Sabah family that I have known since my dad walked in there in 1980 and bought a Honda Accord for my grandfather. My sister's gotten cars there. My brother-in-law's gotten cars there. And you know why? Because the Sabah family makes you feel like you're part of their family. Bay Ridge Honda has New Year's deals. You know, we all make New Year's resolutions. Quit smoking, get more sleep, drink less. How about a New Year's resolution of a new car? At Bay Ridge Honda, they have brand new 2024 Hondas under MSRP, and they're offering lease loyalty bonuses. Finance rates are available. No payments until March of 2024. Best prices around. They will offer you top dollar for your trade-in. So visit the Sabah family at Bay Ridge Honda, 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. All right, little Pink Floyd. Today in 1996, David Bowie, Pink Floyd, Gladys Knight, they were all inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. If you want, go find um, my interview with Alan Grubin, who is a lawyer for all the Rock and Roll stars. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I just want to take a quick minute and thank um, Colonel Joe Puccino. I, I thought he did a great job of explaining a rather complicated subject matter. I also, Puccino, what did I say? Boo with a boo. Buccino, excuse me. I also want to wish a happy anniversary to uh, my man Sam Bellino and Briar. Eight years today. God bless them. Happy anniversary, kids. That's why they're not here. They are at the Plaza Hotel uh, enjoying themselves. And here's what happened real quick today. 
in the courtroom right next at the courthouse right next door to Daniel Penny's courthouse. Um, it was the it's the federal courthouse, and there's Judge Lewis Kaplan presiding. He is a uh, appointee of President Clinton, so he's been around for a long time. He's an imposing figure. He's not a slight man, uh, and you know in federal court, uh, basically the judges sit like on the ceiling, like they're very very high. The whole world knows that they're the ones high up, and you're the one low down. It's all psychological warfare. And apparently today, as E. Jean Carroll is testifying, President Trump is sitting there shaking his head, nodding his head, and mumbling, I believe, under his breath, things like witch hunt and con job in a way that um, Sean Crowley, one of Mrs. Carroll's lawyers, can hear and complain to the judge saying, you know, Mr. Trump is making statements that the jury can hear. Quote from Judge Kaplan to the former president of the United States. Oh, actually to his lawyers initially. Mr. Trump has a right to be present here. That right can be forfeited, and it can be forfeited if he is disruptive, which is what has been reported to me, and if he disregards court orders. So basically, if he's disruptive or if he disregards court orders, Judge Kaplan is saying he could the, de- the defendant, because don't forget, this is not a criminal case. In a criminal case, the judge is not throwing the guy out so fast. May handcuff him, may gag him, but a criminal defense under the Sixth Amendment, the right of confrontation, he's got to be, he's got the right to be there. This is a civil case, whole different set of rules. Judge Kaplan then looks at President Trump and addresses him directly, saying, quote, Mr. Trump, I hope I don't have to consider excluding you from the trial, he said. Mr. Trump, who had spent most of the morning shaking his head during Ms. Carroll's testimony, threw up his hands, quote, I would love it, he said. And Judge Kaplan replied, I understand you're probably very eager for me to do that because you just can't control yourself in these circumstances. Well, I am, I'm happy that Judge Kaplan controlled himself and didn't throw the president out. I will just tell you, it is very difficult for any criminal defendant or civil defendant, when because we represent them all, uh, when someone's up there saying things that you know are categorically false or wrong, it's very frustrating for the person who's sitting there and having to listen to it and who can't speak. So, like when I was doing the crane case, Billy Rapetti, who knew about more cranes, more about cranes than every witness who testified put together, it was very very hard for him to listen to some of the things that the witnesses were saying about the crane and how it's erected and how it's bolted down to the ground or not bolted down to the ground. He knows they're just wrong, and he's who's at the point jumping out of his shoes. Um, I'm sure for President uh, Trump, who doesn't believe that uh, uh, Miss Carroll's testimony is accurate, it must be very pre- frustrating, beyond frustrating, for a man who was the leader of the free world not to be able to express himself to those 12 jurors, or maybe it's six jurors in a civil case. Um, Alright, it is uh, the end of the evening on a Wednesday night. I am going to head to Brooklyn, come grab uh, Luca, and maybe go have some dinner with my sister, brother-in-law, and my niece, Juju B. Um, and tomorrow, hopefully, it'll be Transit Thursday. Maybe we'll have Chief Kemper on. Maybe Friday, we'll have Chief Chell on. Because everyone's talking about crime, crime, crime. Well, here on the Author A Dollar Power Hour, you hear from the heads of the NYPD, so you get the straight poop. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.
The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Hi, it's Arthur Idala here to talk to you about Bay Ridge Honda, run by the fantastic Sabah family. The Sabah family that I have known since my dad walked in there in 1980 and bought a Honda Accord for my grandfather. My sister's gotten cars there. My brother-in-law's gotten cars there. And you know why? Because the Sabah family makes you feel like you're part of their family. Bay Ridge Honda has New Year's deals. You know, we all make New Year's resolutions. Quit smoking, get more sleep, drink less. How about a New Year's resolution of a new car? At Bay Ridge Honda, they have brand new 2024 Hondas under MSRP, and they're offering lease loyalty bonuses. Finance rates are available. No payments until March of 2024. Best prices around. They will offer you top dollar for your trade-in. So visit the Sabah family at Bay Ridge Honda, 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.